listening to the Citizens Church podcast. Citizens Church exists to saturate Bryan College Station, Texas with the good news and love of Jesus. To learn more about Citizens Church, visit us online at citizensbcs.com. So yeah, my name is Steve, and I am also in a community group with uh, in a, in one of the Brian community groups. And uh, yeah, all right. Uh, and just a second, my wife is actually going to come up. Uh, so my wife and kids, I have a wife for actually, uh, not yet, I'll tell you when you come up. Uh, I'm going to introduce the passage. It's going to be Psalm 96, if you guys do want to go there. So it's Psalm Sundays, if you haven't been here. Uh, we're going through, uh, in the summer, we're going through the Psalms, Psalm Summer Sundays. Uh, uh, add one more. Uh, and so uh, we were doing uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and I think we're going to go back to that in the fall. But right now we're, we're going to go through the, the, the Psalms. And also, if you're used to, if you've only been here a little while, or you're new, or this is your first time, there is a, a teaching team, and I'm not actually on that teaching team. But I just want you to know, because you might be like, who is the regular teacher? And uh, this, this is a space and place that I feel like, as I've been here at Citizens, it's been shared with other people that have the gift of teaching. Um, and I was just honored to be here. This would be my first time. Um, and the, the other folks that have come up here, men and women, have been incredible teachers. And I've just loved to sit uh, underneath them. And so, um, and hopefully today will be another shared experience of uh, just hearing the Lord speak um, from maybe one other perspective. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I'm going to help us to know the context of Psalm 96. And so like when you're going through the Psalms, they're all collected together. But you ha- usually you have to kind of see like, wait, where did they come from? Who like who wrote them? But also what was the context? What was the situation? Because it helps so much to understand it. So before we read it, I want you to imagine the situation. Okay, so this uh, Psalm 96 situation uh, is it's basically uh, David writes this uh, and he kind of just explodes into starting to say all these really action-excited phrases, okay? So we'll go through them in a second. But what caused that, among probably many things, was this was right after they got the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, The Ark had come, and they had like an entry into Jerusalem. Uh, And this was just like a huge huge entrance into Jerusalem. This is his second attempt to get the Ark. The first time uh, has that kind of a funnier story um, that you read. It's not funny actually, uh, like a uh, kind of hard to understand story, maybe is what I meant to say, of Uzzah touches the ark and, and then he dies and then David actually gets mad at God. Uh, and so he just like says this, leave, leave the, the ark in Obed-Eden. Uh, and then, so they leave the ark there and, and he just goes. But the, cre- the really cool thing about David is David, if you remember, so this is well into when he's a king, he started as a shepherd, right? Then he became a songwriter. He even worships with a harp with Saul. Uh, he becomes a warrior and a king. So you have a lot in this person, and he's called the man that uh, is after God's heart. Like God and him have this really loving relationship, right? Uh, and so here you are at this place where he's finally the king. He's going to get the ark in, and then he gets frustrated with God. But what I think is really neat about David is this ark wasn't just a symbol. It wasn't uh, like, oh, this is my, like, I need this to have God with me. No, no, he didn't think that. It was a, a moment in their relationship that was tense, 
But when he left, so if you keep reading the chapters, he left, and then actually there was this battle that happened, and he asked the Lord, he inquired of the Lord, which is something you need to know about David. If you look at David, he inquires of the Lord often. It's one of the most common phrases. Uh, He barely does anything without first checking with God, even to the point where there's the one story where uh, his wife and family, and then all of his, uh, the the rest of his um, uh entourage. Their families were, were kidnapped. They were taken. Uh, among, I think it was in the Philistines. And he basically, I mean, it was like, it's, to me, I'm like, go get him. Like, go chase him for sure. But instead, he stops and asks God, right? And I'm like, that's amazing. How often do I just make the assumption that I'm supposed to just charge forward, but he stops and says, God, am I supposed to pursue them? And so he's a man that does that. So I, um, there's context of why I'm saying that all. Because he didn't keep the ark, but that didn't to him mean, oh, I don't have God. In fact, to even decide if he should go into this war in between these two chapters, he actually inquires of God. And God speaks to him and doesn't just say yes or no. He says, I want you to do the battle this way. Wait for the stomping of feet. And I'm not going to go into all of it. But it's just an amazing moment where God's just like speaking to him. God's basically saying, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm for you. Uh, and so now we get to the spot where uh, Psalm 96 is going to happen, um, where the ark comes in and it describes David. Um, he dresses with, a, a, a it's called a linen, and I didn't do a ton of research on this, but basically it's what the musicians and the priests were wearing, and what they, it's, a, it's a clothing that symbolized uh, what, that they were a part of just like worshiping God. Like, it's all about God. So it wasn't a royal king wearing a royal robe. Okay, so so humble, but it also reflects his heart, right? As the singer, a songwriter, a worshiper. Um, and, and so he is a part of seeing the ark enter into Jerusalem, and he's so beside himself that he's dancing. He's dancing, and he's just like, he's just enthralled by like God, the symbol of God's presence, right? Because he already had God's presence, but the symbol of it is here. So I want you to, like, as you read the psalm and hear the psalm, it, this is a moment kind of like the, the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, okay? This is a moment like that, where all of a sudden people get really excited, and this is way before that, right? So this is David. And so, uh, and so now, uh, this is my wife, Tara. So I started to introduce my family, then I got distracted. But this is my wife, Tara. We've actually, this week, been married 19 years. So 19 years. And, and then uh, I, we have four kids as well. So, um, but yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'm going to be reading from Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord all the families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. 
Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. So one of the first things to, to really notice about that, hopefully the context help you guys as you're listening to, thinking like, oh, wow. And to me, this is a moment kind of like uh, Mary, when she, her and Elizabeth start talking about what the angel revealed to them. And all of a sudden in Luke, it just describes Mary just like, uh, like having this really prophetic song. Uh, it's like an experience, but it's also prophetic, right? And then you have Simeon later, who he sees Jesus in the temple, and he's just like, this is the fulfillment of everything that I've had. And all of a sudden, he goes right into a, a short psalm, right? So that's what this one is. Uh, it's marked by, like, action words. And I, I'm just going to give you a couple of them. So it's like, sing, declare, ascribe, worship, tremble, say. And then I, I, before it lands the plane, it does a whole bunch of let does. You know, that's not an action word, but it's like, let the heavens let the sea, let the fields. Uh, and so I call those the lettas. Okay, so we're gonna, I'm going to coin it and say we're going to hit the lettas before we, before we land the plane, okay? Um, and so, uh, yeah, so you can just see the, and feel the excitement uh, and overflowing in, in David as he's there. So you have to read the psalm seeing that, but also uh, just kind of picturing what what is this uh, like him as a songwriter? The first thing that he hits is sing the phrase sing right uh, uh, the action word sing and he says it three times. So there's going to be three sets of three in here. Okay, so I'm for sure going to hit those because they're important to David, right? So the first one is sing. So he says, uh, let me read it. Oh, put it right here. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Proclaim His salvation day after day. So I love this because you have a songwriter who's saying, sing a new song. Like, I don't, I'm not a songwriter, but I imagine somebody that produces something that as soon as you do a new one and you're like, that's it, that's it. And you just like sing it and you're so excited, right? What I also love about the phrase a new song is that it's, it's a new word. It's fresh. You're not singing the old one. He's like, no, there's a new thing. And I just got done telling you, David acquires of the Lord, right? So David doesn't just depend on an old word from the Lord. Oh, you told me to attack the Philistines a year ago. I should attack them again. No, we should check today. We should check today. And, and God's relationship has been that way, reflected the whole time. I love it when uh, Kevin, when he noticed the Psalms, he, he reflected all the way back to, to Abraham. Uh, and, and he was talking about Abraham and how he got this blessing to be a blessing. And he said, go to a place I'll show you. I love that phrase because basically Abraham was like, all of a sudden God speaks to him, says, leave your family. And then, and then the next thing he says is, go to this place I'm going to show you. Well, that means he's going to be with him, right? You can't show somebody something if you're not with him. So he's like, you're leaving this spot, but you're going to go to a place I'm going to show you because I'm with you. And I'm going to speak to you new things every day. So I have a story. I was just uh, overseas. Uh, I, get, I do uh, part of my job is I, I help train people that go overseas long term. And so I got to go visit some of these uh, teams and people among the unreached. Um, unreached being like places where people will be born and live and die and maybe never cross the path that knows uh, about the saving love and work and kingdom work of Jesus, right? They like, won't cross the path as in like, you won't like even meet them. You won't ever get to hear them. And so I was meeting some of these folks, but I was really there to learn. And I was talking to people that speak the language and are there. But I was in a, I was in a mosque with a man named Ahmed. 
Um, and Ahmed, I had already talked to him a lot, learned a lot about his family, shared a meal with him. Uh, and we were in the mosque, and uh, so a mosque is just, uh, uh, not, not a church, but it's a Muslim temple, that kind of thing. Okay, so, um, and so we were in the mosque, and we were just talking and observing, and, and uh, honestly, we were talking about God, and I, I asked him the question, what do you love the most about God? You see, I can tell this man is really close to the kingdom and really loved talking about God and said, what do you love most about God? And he started talking about his forgiveness. And I was like, that's really amazing. I could see that he was sharing something from his heart. Well, then he turned the question to me. And I should have been ready for that, right? Uh, of course, like, that's a great moment. And, and he asked me, and I, uh, I right away thought, oh, I should share something. And so I shared something that was something a long time ago that I really loved about God. And I, I, and I still do, but it wasn't fresh. It wasn't right now. And I, and I started going into it, and I was telling him about the Father heart of God. And, and I think I was trying to connect it to his, the thing he said about forgiveness. And, and I was uh, just going uh, you know, into that. And then later, uh, I, was, I was talking to someone else about that situation. And I just felt the Lord say to me, He's just like, Steve, what, what do you love about me right now? And I was like, I, I know what it is for sure, God. It's, and I already shared it with you guys. It's, it's that God speaks. I love that he's with us and he speaks. I'm like, the God of the Bible is the God who speaks. I'm like, I've been telling everybody about that all the time. It's like what I keep talking about. Uh, and, and, uh, and he said, what if you would have shared that? And I'm like, it would have been incredible because I wouldn't have to try to convince him about forgiveness or anything else. I could have just said, like, man, would you want to listen to God? Would you want to meet the God who can speak to you? Because you might be following religion, but what if you could have relationship? You see, my new song, see, writing a new song, is it's, songs are like a love word. It's an overflow of something that you're experiencing happening. And I, I should have thought, what's my fresh thing today? Do I love something from God from away in the past? Yeah, of course. But I just told you that I've been married for 19 years. Uh, it's not like we got married on our wedding day and it was just like, all right, see you 19 years later. No, it's daily. I have new stuff today that I love about my wife more than I, than when I first met her. Right? And we, we, uh, have officiated a few weddings and this is actually my wife's phrase, so I, I'm stealing it. But she, uh, gets to say over the bride and groom that she hopes that today is the day that they love each other the least. Right? Because it's just a growing thing. It's the same thing with God. Okay, so sing a new song. Uh, the, the next one that I'm going to hit, it's not a three one, uh, it is Declare. Um, let's see, I got the wrong page. Oh, here it is. Yeah, so Declare. Um, and I already, I already hit that a little bit because what, what the overflow of the, or what is in your heart, the mouth speaks, right? The overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay. Uh, and so like, I knew when God asked me, Steve, if you said, what do you love about me now? I'd be like, oh, it's what I've been talking about. Like, I've been talking about it with others. We're trying to hear God speak together. We're looking at the God of the Bible and how much he communicates and how beautiful it is. And I'm like, I would have known right away because I de declared, I talk about it. So what you talk about is probably what you love. Okay, but this one is interesting because it says, declare the glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among the, all peoples. You don't, we don't use the word glory much. We don't use the word glory much. And uh, if, you, if you look it up, I actually don't have the, the definition, but I, I just, uh, going through it, uh, it, really glory is, it's like a weightiness. 
It's weightiness. It's like how much value something has. And to give glory, the way we can understand it, uh, if you're watching, I'm not much of a, like a, I don't watch a lot of sports or I'm not like a sports like, ah, sports, but I've had moments where I can really appreciate athleticism. It, glory is that moment where like somebody does this crazy reaching stretch catch and you can, like, they catch it, it's a touchdown or whatever, and you just get up and you're like, Wow, that's glory. Because what happened is you gave value to that moment. You, it just, something happened in you. It could be a different sport if that's not yours. It could be a, like a song moment. It could be something that just causes you to be like, yes, I just saw that. That's glory. And so he's saying, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. Uh, the, the, the thing that's in this passage that I'm going to go into a little more on the next one is the word nations. The word nations is in there, or all peoples, is in there seven times. Uh, and I, I want you to know that because the ark is coming to Jerusalem. And it's not like he's saying, this is our moment, Jerusalem. This is just for us. In fact, if you track tra- track back all the way to David when he's even fighting Goliath, his whole point when he goes into, he did, like, first Goliath does, like, a throwdown at him, like, you dog, you know, like, says, like, all these things, and then, and then David's back to him is, you know, it was also kind of weird. He's like, I'm going to do this to you, and birds are going to eat you, but, but he says, because you came against my God, and I want the nations to know that the God of Israel is the one true God. He says, I want the nations to know. He didn't say Israel. He didn't say all of my brothers behind me. He said, I want all the nations to know. David has always had a global mindset. He's thinking about every tribe, tongue, and nation to where when the ark comes there, he's like, this is it. This is when God's going to get every nation. Um, okay, so the next, uh, the next group of three is the word ascribe. So it uses the word ascribe three times. And I'm like, we don't use the word ascribe much ever. I don't think I've ever used that phrase. Um, so it's ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord uh, the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Um, so the word ascribe, it means to attribute, to impute, to assign, um, or it can be to allege or to belong. Uh, I think like thinking allege or belong, like allegiance or, or belong, is a really helpful one for this one. So the word ascribe is a power word. It's a power word. So I said singing is kind of a love word. It's like an overflow of singing is like, oh, I love something. I'm going to sing about it. Uh, this word ascribe is kind of a power word. Um, and I think of, I, I only had one example, and it's not great, but I was thinking about a power encounter that really seems obvious where you just give something up. Uh, and so I'll, I'll do the, the analogy, but then I'll give you the more biblical one. Uh, but the analogy is, I, I'm thinking, like, you never do this, but if you're walking around with a raw, a raw steak, uh, and then you come face-to-face with a lion, you come face-to-face with a lion, you would ascribe the steak to the lion, right? It's a, it's a power encounter where you wouldn't be like, you know, you're not going to run away with it. You, that would be ridiculous. You're just like, no, this is yours. <laughs> Can't believe I thought that was mine. You know, it's yours. I'm going to give it to you, right? So that's a scribe. Like, you're just giving it to him. Uh, so the more biblical one is like it talks about in Revelation where all the kings, they come and they basically are, take their crowns and just offer it to Jesus. It's so obvious that he's the one of all glory and all authority. For a king to be like, I'm not even, I, I, I don't know why I have this on. 
This is yours. So all of our gifts, skills, and passions, like all of it is just like, actually, this is all yours. It always has been. A scribe. Um, so that's the more biblical one this one's pointing to, is the, the, the kings of the earth just doing that. Um, all right. So I think in order to, to see that type of ascribing, you would have to see God as a really big God. And I think David just sees God so big. that I think sometimes we just keep God smaller and smaller and smaller. But once you see him that big, it, there's nothing that can stop you. That's why he faced Goliath. That's why he did so many things that he did. It was because he had such a big God that he ascribed to the Lord. Um, so the next one I'm going to uh, bring forth is say among the nations. Let me read that. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Um, the, the world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will be judged, or he will judge the peoples with equity. So say among the nations. So I actually wanted to pull that one out. I already talked about saying and speaking. Um, but the word among really caught me. You see, I think it's really beautiful because among the nations, so you have the ark, it just came in, and so it was among them. Emmanuel, it, like the word Emmanuel and among is like, you know, those go, those go together really closely, right? And so uh, saying among the nations means you have to be with the nations. You have to be with the nations. And I just told you, I, I, I traveled and got to visit these teams. And uh, here in College Station, we've gotten to see a lot of people leave here and, and be called to go among the nations. Um, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. But what I saw was people that I knew for years here, and they went, learned two languages, um, many of them, uh, one or two languages, and they are living in a place where they are there now with, I've met them with their friends, like just among their friends. Uh, and there's one that was, uh, I'll just use, I'll use her name and, uh, not give a location, but Morgan in, in the Middle East. Uh, one of the really, really beautiful things, uh, that I like saw in her is I just said, Morgan, I, I remember you, uh, and, but something has come alive in you. Middle Eastern Morgan is way cooler than Texas Morgan. Uh, you know, I said that. And, and it was funny because her, uh, her friend who actually, uh, came to follow Jesus and came from another country in the Middle East and, uh, her and her entire family all were Muslim and now they're all followers of Jesus. Uh, except for one brother. Yeah, we could be praying for that one brother, but the rest of them all have followed Jesus at, at, yeah, and it's just amazing. So I, she got so excited, and she's just like, oh, yeah. And she, I mean, I, I didn't understand because they were speaking uh, in Arabic together, but, um, but they, they basically were starting to kind of make fun of her old self and come alive to her new self. What's really cool about that was the journey to get there was hard. You see, she had to die to a lot of things, comforts, things that she liked and dreamed about, um, about being here right? She had to die to those things, but she came alive to Christ. Um, one of the things about the word among that I think is really neat is just thinking that we, what we don't want is to see uh, a Western, like a Western church go uh, all over the world, right? Actually, and it's so cool because David's already hitting that because he's not telling everybody, hey, come here. He's saying actually among the nations, among the nations. So you go that way. And that's exactly what Jesus does, right? Jesus leaves heaven and comes to earth to be among us, right? And so then, not only that, so I love, there's a little uh, short analogy um, that helps. I, I didn't take it. I, I should have. But if I, if I had a Coke 
uh, soda in one. I've used this one a lot, so if you heard it from me, I'm sorry, but it's just so, so cool. Uh, if I have water in this one, I had soda in the other. So water is really useful. You can drink to get hydrated. Uh, you can wash your hands with it. You can brush your teeth with it. You can shampoo with it, which is, I guess, washing. Yeah, shower with it. Uh, you can do all those things with water, and soda has water in it. This is not soda, but it was. Soda has water in it, and, but, and soda tastes good, but you can't wash your hands with it. You can't shower with it. You can't, you can't do those kind of things with it. It would be really bad. Soda is, is like a Western church, okay? It's, it tastes great. I like it. There's certain ones we prefer. There's certain styles of worship we prefer. There's certain types of settings we're more comfortable in, and it's good because we're still looking at God. It's great. And water is Jesus in the kingdom, we want to bring water to the nations. And it's a lot of work, but you have to be among. You have to be among. Uh, yeah, so I was just I trying to decide if I want to go into any other stories, but I, I probably should. Uh, so I want to hit the let does. Um, the let those, those, those caught me out. I don't think, my first time going through it, I knew about the nations, I knew, but, but when I started going into let those, I was like, oh man, this is so beautiful uh, and so God. Um, it says, let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the seas resound, and let all that is in it, let the fields be jubilant, everything in them, let all the trees and all the forests sing for joy, let all creation rejoice before the Lord. For he comes, he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. So the let does. It, uh, I, I was trying to think of, like, God, what, what are you showing me in this? I remember when we had COVID lockdown. Uh, when we had COVID lockdown globally, uh, I, my news feed showed just like the, I got to get the right words. It basically showed how much creation was being restored in like a little bit of time. Okay, so like, I'll give you a little bit of, in a second, but it was kind of like a, a creation reset. Like, you know how you reset your phone? Um, and so I, I know there's a lot of trauma around the lockdown and things like that. So I'm not addressing that right now. I'm just talking about this kind of thing. Uh, so and it'll connect in a second, hopefully. But when... Uh, I'll just read the, what I read from this article. The behavioral changes of wild animals, birds, butterflies, pets, and street animals indicate um, in the interference of human activity on lives of the natural creation. Uh, there is certain correlation between the atmospheric changes and the behavioral changes of the natural creatures during the lockdown period. Um, due to mass, uh, let's see here, the pollutions and oxides and nitrogen, they have all these cool, like carbon reduction, they have all these cool maps. I didn't bring them or show them, but you can see all these maps and how much everything just went And when that happened, certain animals that only were around at night started showing up during the days and they weren't like rabbit or anything like that. It was just like, this is crazy. Why are there raccoons out in this, in this city at this park, you know? And, uh, they had all these things happening where animals, it was almost like they started celebrating. It, and, and I'm not like trying to bash humanity, but there was this really cool moment where I, I was like realizing how holistic this is. See, this psalm and what all this is leading to is that this, when God brings this, the new heaven, the new earth, we're back to the beginning when God calls his creation good. And he says, like he keeps creating these things, right? He's like, he sees this and he's like, good, good, good. And then he tells Adam and Eve, spread my goodness to the whole earth. Spread my goodness to the whole earth. I, can, I made seeds so they can reproduce. I made animals so they can reproduce. 
and the word let does, um, it's like just something that just happens. Yes, we get to manage it some, but that, like, part of it is just let it happen. It's just going to flow into that. There was no command to go do this on, on this psalm. It was just like, let it, just let it happen. Once you guys ascribe to the Lord, once you guys do these things underneath the reign and rule of Jesus, it's just going to happen. And I got a small glimpse of that when we had to kind of re-figure out what's essential. Like, I think it's so amazing when we had lockdown. It's like, here, only have things that are essential. Balance your life. And maybe it was extreme. Maybe there's a different balance to it. I'm not really sure, but I think God was maybe showing us something that we go so quickly out of balance. And when we do, we're wrecking the world to where I actually think even trees are going to celebrate. That's what it says. And whales and the ocean is going to come alive. Okay, so I just thought that one is so beautiful that, that I think David prophetically could even see just the damage that we would get to that would have to let this happen um, and that God um, is all about all, doing all those things. So the final thing to land this plane, uh, the final uh, part of the passage is talking about his coming. It's talking about his coming. I think it's really interesting because he already has God speaking to him, and he already has the ark. And this psalm he wrote right afterwards, and he's talking about God coming. And I think it had a fulfillment at that exact moment, like it had a fulfillment there, but it so much looks to a future. It so much looks to a future because of all these things that he's saying is going to happen, right? Um, and so uh, I, was, I was just reminded of, of course, all, all the arrivals. Like the, you have the ark arrival, and this picture was so close. I already said it, just like when Jesus enters Jerusalem. I also see some images that are so close to when Jesus was born, and angels are worshiping some of the same languages in there. Um, but I had to land on his return, on his return. You see, I think we're actually in a moment that's right before, like, the ark coming into town. <laughs> like, right before, and all this excitement and all this stuff happening is like, it's coming. The ark is coming. And yet, it's even more. It's Jesus' return, right? We're so close. Uh, and I, you don't have to go very far in your mind to see that Psalm 96 in Revelation 5.9 and 7.9 have almost all the same language. I just took a few of them down, but uh, it starts, the context is asking, who is worthy? Um, and you, that's the kind of wrestling that David had with God like before. Like, are we even worthy? Am I even worthy to build your temple? Am I even worthy, like, worthy to have your ark here? Like, that question. But there's even a bigger thing because he's asking who's worthy to break these seals to have all these nations come back together, because just like David wasn't proposing that they're going to conquer all the nations, he was saying, go be among them, right? The same thing, the reversal of, of that Jesus is doing here is a reversal of all these nations coming together, but it's not from conquering. Because the next thing you see is, is actually, you don't have to be so like, he's like devastated, right? And he's just, the angel has to say to, to John, like, hey, actually the lamb who was slain. See, instead of conquering, he was conquered, right? And so then all of a sudden, he, the, the angel says, see the lion, the root of David. Okay, so we're going back to Psalm. It's like the root of David. So it's connecting there. And there's, there's these creatures and they have a harp and they're worshiping. And I'm like, that's like David. He worships with a harp too. Uh, and then it says, they sang a new song. Well, that's the first phrase, sing a new song. Uh, and look, and then it says, God purchased men for God from every tribe, tongue, and nation. 
and they're all gathered. Then in Revelation 7, 9, it focuses on that people group gathering because uh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that happens in Revelation, including creation, restoration, tons of it, especially at the end. It's really beautiful. Um, but it's all, like, it has so many of these same correlations that I really believe the psalm is pointing to the, to the end and that we're supposed to read this psalm and not just be like, wow, that's really cool. I think we're actually supposed to be like, hey, actually, it's coming. It's coming soon. And what are we willing to be a part of this? Um, you know, uh, I, the, there's a few passages. Uh, well, one, I just want to hit one. Matthew 24, 14, it says uh, that the, the gospel of the nations will pe- be preached to every nation, and then the end will come. Well, we're really close. I, I, I was there. I was among. I was one among one people group that in the Sahara Desert that's unengaged. There's nobody there working, uh, and we literally had to have a police escort. Uh, police uh, because the government was worried about us getting hurt. Uh, they had to escort us into this people group, and we. But we loved it. We got to meet these folks that know the desert so well. I'm like, how do you, Muhammad? How do you even know where you're going? I'm like, also, we watched the sunset, and I'm like this is bad. This is bad. Why are we watching the sunset? Like, how do you know where you're going when the sun goes down? But Muhammad is just like, oh, I know, I know this desert, like the back of my hand. Like I know, I don't, he used a different phrase. That's our phrase, but he used his own phrase of that. I'm like, you know, this desert so well. He's like, yeah, like I've, I've never been lost out here. Maybe at some point, but not now. He's like, I know everything where it's at. And I'm like, that's so crazy. Everything looks the same to me. Um, and so that people group uh, is unengaged. There's nobody there. And I'm like, God, please. Uh, like, it's going to be preached there. I know more about that Sahara people group future than what he does. Muhammad doesn't know. But I know that he's going to be around the throne because it says every tribe, tongue, and nation. There's not one missing. I'm like, we're so close. We're so close. Um, and so we're actually in a, a second, we're going to end with a, a song um, that's going to be played and I'm going to ask us to do some things. But I want to, before we go there, I want to ask, like, you know, looking at this, the first one is sing. And I look at not just singing, but David, David being willing to dance. So I have two questions with that. One is, what's the new song for you? What do you love about God today? Yes, you can still sing about the old ones. That we, I have some great old ones, but what's your new one today? And if you don't have one, maybe tomorrow you should just ask. Like, look at yourself and say, God, what have you done? Or what am I so excited about for you today? I need a fresh word. Um, and then my second one is, would you be willing uh, to, to, I didn't really hit this in the beginning, but I, maybe a little bit I did, but uh, even David's wife, uh, Saul's daughter, was like watching him dance in front of the ark and was kind of like annoyed um, by him. Like she was like scoffs at him. And he basically says like, I would do anything for, for, for the Lord, even if I had to be naked. I think he says something like that. I might have it a little bit wrong, but he basically says, I would do anything. To, to be out of dance in shame for the Lord. And I'm wondering to myself, as he wrote this thing, and I'm wondering for us, are we willing to do anything? Do we love God that much? Where in the crowd would we fit? Uh, then the scribe. Um, I, and I just think of uh, how often we pray from this church uh, the Lord's Prayer, and it has this, this phrase in there that I love, is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, we, I just told you all these things in heaven that I just don't, I think the new heaven and new earth is going to not have sickness, not have death, not have uh, sin, and, and I think creation is going to be restored. 
It's going to be so holistic, emotionally, relationally, physically. And I think to myself, but also I think globally, I got to see refugees from lots of different places, and there's tons of war, famine. If one part of heaven had famine and the other part had abundance, I just don't think it would be like that. And so I think we need to be able to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, where, where do you want the Deckers family on earth? Or put your name in there. Where, what do you want me to do? How can I ascribe to you to say, I'll do anything? Um, and then I, I want to also say, but what's my first step? Because you, we already have little places of authority around us and the little places that we can ascribe now. And so it's not just there, but it's also here. And I think some of, it, some of us, it might be there. It might be among. And some of us, it might be, we need to help people get among, and I'm going to help support them. And for some of us, it's here. I need to be among some people. What's your first next step of being among with other people? Um, so yeah, if we actually could play the song, yeah, okay, I wasn't sure who to look for. And as uh, as the song starts, you can go ahead and yeah, you can go ahead and start it. As the song starts, I want you just to one hear hear the worship that's happening in other tribes, tongues, and nations, and I want you to ask like pray that someone else would know how great God is. Okay, there's people groups that can't sing these words. Okay, it's a longer song, so I knew I could do that in the intro. So go ahead, you can. Thanks for joining us today for the message. We hope it was encouraging to you. To learn more about Citizens Church, including gathering times and locations, or to give financial support, please visit citizensbcs.com. And again, thanks for listening to the Citizens Church Podcast.